Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's June 17th, 1885, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Arian, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So this was the day that the Statue of Liberty arrived in New York City aboard the French vessel Isère, and it was packed into 214 crates. Oh, saying can you... I think we need to advise our American listeners that they are permitted to sit down during this discussion. We know it's intensely patriotic for you. We'll try and do justice to the subject. The arrival of Lady Liberty. I, I mean, it's astonishing that they managed to get her into any number of boxes under, say, several thousand, because it was, up until, well, three years later, the tallest iron structure ever built and then just three years later actually the Eiffel Tower replaced it with that record but it's funny to think that uh, you know that at the time it would have been just this sort of record-breakingly high thing where now it looks sort of pretty shrimpy against the New York skyline. (laughs) I've actually never seen it despite having been to New York three times I've somehow managed to not see the Statue of Liberty because it, it was the tallest building in New York when it was built as well but it now very much isn't. You need to go out of your way to see it unless you're arriving by boat. It's a long way off where you would imagine something that's in New York to be. (laughs) It's interesting you mention the Eiffel Tower because the metal framework of the Statue of Liberty was built by Gustave Eiffel um, Mm. and designed by Frédéric Auguste Bartholdi. As obviously many people know, it was conceived as a a French gift to the United States, although it was a bit of a gift horse because they (laughs) kind of offered it and then they said... But you guys you're are going to pay build for a half pedestal. of it. Yeah. yeah. They Donald Trumped it, didn't they? We're going to build you a statue and you're going to pay. <laughs> I guess when you hear when they initially heard that they build the pedestal, they'd be like, "Great. How hard can that be?" But mm. if you actually look at pictures of the Statue of Liberty, the pedestal is half the height easily and more of the actual statue itself. Still, they came out quids in because they got the tourist revenue, didn't they? The Americans contributed $225,000, the French $250,000, and they paid for the transport. So, I mean, it's still, you know, the French still paid for more yeah. of it. Well, and although it may look a bit underwhelming now compared to the modern New York skyline. Ooh, I didn't time, say that, Americans. You know. I, I promised I'd be respectful. <laughs> I didn't say underwhelming. I just said I hadn't Sorry. seen it. At the time. <laughs> however, at the time, it was so, such a fascinating feat. So whelming. So overwhelming. It was so overwhelming <laughs> that the head and the arm with the, that holds the torch mm. were shown at exhibitions in Paris and America for years because it took about 20 years to go from the conception of the idea to the actual product and Bartholdi actually finished the head and the arm and they were exhibited in around the world. You can't help but feel that the French had it in their back pocket that they were just about to trump this building in terms of height with the Eiffel Tower <laughs> just a little bit later. You know, that that wasn't just a thing that they knocked up in two seconds flat without thinking about it. <laughs> well, and there's an, a strange difference as well, because one of the things that you always hear about the Eiffel Tower is how at the time Parisians hated it and thought it was completely ruining the city, never thinking that it would become, you know, the iconic landmark of Paris. 
But conversely, in the United States, there was a lot of excitement around the Statue of Liberty. A lot of it was whipped up by Joseph Pulitzer, who was the newspaper magnate, the publisher of the New York World. Mm. He really captured the public imagination with a big fundraising drive to build the pedestal. And people were sending in literally, you know, four or five cents at a time. Um, mm. And when and they raised a total of $102,000. And 80% of that was in sums of less than $1. So it really did capture the public imagination in a big way right from the off. Apparently, the final cost ended up being $500,000, which translates to $10 million in today's money, which seems to me like a massive bargain. Like if you could exactly. still, to this day, get a building of that magnitude um, and, frankly, artistry for $10 million. I mean, you can see rubbish London flats that are like $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems like an astonishing thing to like have a, an entire world-dominating statue for that kind of price. Although, actually, if you look at the original designs, it has horrendously discoloured. <laughs> so, yeah, so I didn't realise. I thought it was green. I Like, I genuinely yeah. was designed to be green. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess partly because people refer to dollar bills in that way that I thought maybe it should be green but that's just oxidized <laughs> copper I had no idea like yeah. it's copper and it's gone off that's why it looks like that and the hilarious thing is that the that they sort of make a virtue of it by going well now that it's oxidized it can't degrade any further but you're like oh, well actually it would have been really cool if it wasn't oxidized in the first place yeah <laughs> and, and it, when you think about it like as a symbol for the nation and there's no question that the Statue of Liberty is an enormous symbol for the nation between 1855 and 1954, around 19 million immigrants arrived mm. there on Ellis Island under the Statue of Liberty, you know, as mm. dramatised by James Cameron in Titanic, of course, memorably. <laughs> I see the Statue of Liberty in the distance, of course. <laughs> it was a huge symbolic thing. But, but the symbol is of a degrading statue. I mean, actually, when you think about what that symbolises about America, it's not that well chosen, really, is it? That it's just gone oxidised and they've left it. Yeah, and, and, this, and the statues become so associated with that immigrant journey, but that wasn't at all how it was intended in the first place. It, the idea came around after the end of the American Civil War, and there was a lot of warmth in France towards this idea that America had abolished slavery and that the United States was, you know, a beacon of democracy and freedom. And obviously, we've got this idea in the popular culture of these ships of immigrants going past, mm -hmm. looking at the Statue of Liberty. But what really cemented this idea that the Statue of Liberty stood for a welcome to people, you know, from around the world? was mm. the poem in the base, which was mm. by a, a poet and activist called Emma Lazarus. She was actually asked several years later to write a poem for the, for the statue. And she said, I don't want to write a poem about a statue. But she'd been mm. working with Jewish refugees and she kind of saw a way to use that to inspire her poem. And so then you get your, um, you know, give me your huddled masses yearning to be free, which is seen as being, you know, really entwined with the concept of the statue. But that isn't what she intended at all. You would have thought that that would have discounted her from being in the running to write the poem to go on the statue if she said, I don't want to write a, f a poem about a statue. You'd think they'd be like, well, okay, we've got other poets, so <laughs> we'll come up with, we'll find one that does. But it is fascinating that that wasn't quite the original intention. Bertoldi's name for the gift originally was Liberty Enlightening the World. Not the Statue of Liberty, which is a subtle difference, isn't it? I mean, it was a lighthouse as well, worth bearing in mind. It had a lighthouse in it, stuck on the corner of the, of the country... And it's kind of saying America's the best. We're not slaves anymore. America's the best. Everyone look at us. It's not saying, come and live here. 
Yeah. And you can't, you can't see her feet very clearly, but she's actually m- moving away from broken shackles and chains with her mm. right foot raised, which is sort of meant to be her moving away from oppression and slavery. So all of that, yeah, all of that original meaning has mm. been slightly lost on the contemporary interpretation. And that joint project between America and France. I, I found mm. the original New York Times article of the day that uh, we're commemorating when the, the Statue of Liberty arrived on the ship. And the paperwork that both countries signed on the day said, our work has been the result of the enthusiasm, the devotion, the intelligence, and the most noble sentiments which can animate man. God grant that it may consecrate forever the reign of those sentiments and the ties which should unite France to the American nation. Literally nothing about migrants there. I was going to say, I'm not sure that 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 really paid off for them. No. Um, But according to the article, there was a roaring trade that evening and for the days afterwards in little boats taking tourists from Coney Island out Mm. to see the disembodied Statue of Liberty on the boat because you could see bits of the eyes and the nose and stuff in the crates. And on seeing the statue, quote, women waved their handkerchiefs and men shouted hurrah. (laughs) (laughs) the only two appropriate responses (laughs) weren't any men waving handkerchiefs certainly weren't any hurrah shouting women (laughs) it actually wasn't for another year that they actually put the statue together you know how it is you know when you've got all the boxes at home and you just don't get around to unloading them Um, they actually couldn't get a quote from the builder they're like yeah it'll be two weeks Well, they hadn't quite finished the pedestal yet. So the the statue just kind of sat there for a while. Then finally, in October 1886, the statue was finally ready and they held a ceremony of dedication. They held a parade through New York City. And as the parade passed the New York Stock Exchange, excited traders threw ticker tape pieces out of the windows. That was the first ever ticker tape parade. I can see you're excited. I've never seen a ticker tape parade. I know the phrase. Is that what it is now still? Uh, I don't think that. I hope. Hopefully, it's not actual. Just rolls of paper being just tossed out. Is it of like confetti windows. now? Is it like confetti guns? Yeah, that a ticker I tape would parade? imagine so. Yeah, I'd but it's a real so. New York thing, isn't it? And that was the birth of it. I hope they hollered hurrah as they did so. <laughs> <laughs> and what's hilarious is it's modelled after the uh, designer's mum, isn't it? I know. It really did make me think that I've given my mum nothing good <laughs> over the years. That, like he gave this statue that was going to last the tests of time. Represent the freedoms of the new world. Right. And my mum's had breakfast in bed a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if I did a massive statue of my mum, she'd be worried that her wrinkles would be a little too <laughs> visible. I mean, it's a poison chalice. I guess it's on a different continent. She's not going to see it very often. You reckon she was pissed off for the rest of her life (laughs) with this poor depiction of her? (laughs) Tomorrow. The Disney company purchased this vast amount of land. No one knew what Walt's plan was. Love the show? Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.